teachers. Hi, I'm Jessica Marvel from Hearts for Learning and you're listening to Ed Talks UK. My guests for this episode are Education and Development Manager Penny Slater and Business Management Consultant Liz Allpress. And we're talking about getting schools back on track after what's been a very tricky season to navigate for schools. So Penny, I think we're all aware of the impact that COVID-19 has had on our schools and the potential long-term effect on the outcomes for our children. What's your view based on this current thinking and, and how's your experience been in schools? I think at this stage, really, we can only hypothesize about the long-term effects. Um, Certainly, we're beginning to see some of the short-term effects of the significant disruption experienced by many of our pupils over this period of time. Um, There are some useful surveys, uh, reports out there that we can draw on just to add to our understanding of the picture that we're seeing in schools. I'm referring at this point to the um, report from Edurio, the COVID-19 Impact Review, which draws on responses from over 45,000 parents, pupils and staff. And just an interesting statistic that I was drawn to, eight in 10 teachers report that the gap in attainment between more and less able pupils is increasing with four out of 10 saying it is increasing a lot. Moreover, over half of teachers feel that all or most of their pupils will require additional support to catch up with learning. In regards to what I'm experiencing in schools when I'm talking to leaders and I'm talking to teachers, it's been interesting times. Certainly, I can appreciate how the teachers, pupils, leaders alike really enjoyed the first two, two weeks back at the start of the term back in September. I think teachers and the pupils were simply delighted despite the challenging situation and circumstances that they found themselves reopening in were delighted to be able to welcome back the children to the school setting and the children likewise were delighted to be there. I think since that time there has been a slight shift in um, perspective and in appreciation of the impact that the significant disruption has had on the pupils' learning. I think at this point, teachers and leaders, therefore, are beginning to see the significant gaps, the challenges in learning that the children are presenting at this time, Um, and beginning to reflect upon how is the best way to go about addressing those gaps in a way that is going to be um, purposeful, but most importantly, realistic and mindful of both children's mental health and teachers' well-being. Because what they're trying to avoid and what I would advocate them avoiding is this sense of um, rushing. Um, And linked with that, I know we have been very careful at Hearts for Learning to avoid the term that is in common usage, certainly at a governmental level, of catch-up. It's something that you will tend to not hear us using um, beyond the title of the uh, government grant that that the schools will be receiving. So actually, I think it's been a really useful few weeks since the beginning of term 
to reflect with teachers and leaders about the need to respond to the situation that we find ourselves in with a long-term plan, with a carefully considered plan, which allows for learning to be delivered at an appropriate pace and not simply cramming or rushing through the learning. The alternative, of course, to um, trying to cover everything in rapid speed is to refocus the curriculum so that rather than trying to cover everything, we're looking at our programmes of study, not simply for the year group that we're working with, but for the year group preceding, and looking at those core skills, the key knowledge that will be required to establish core skills and will in turn act as building blocks for later learning and then allowing the necessary time for those core skills to be embedded and to be applied. One of our um, teachers responded in response to our back on track program said they enjoy it. They enjoy taking it slowly and building on skills. And I think that's really interesting that at a time when we are being encouraged to catch up, to rush through everything, to make up for lost time, actually the approach we're taking at Hearts for Learning is let's slow it down. Let's focus on the core skills and allow for those to be embedded. Liz, can you explain what the Universal Catch-Up Premium is? This is a stream of funding which the government have issued, which has been identified to close the gaps caused by COVID-19 disruption to pupils' education. Um, all maintained schools, including special schools, pupil, re pupil referral units and hospital schools, including academies and multi-academy trusts, will receive this funding, although our, it won't be available to independent schools, except in some very particular circumstances. So in, um, in primary and secondary schools up to year 11, it's £80 per pupil, um, um, of which schools have already received uh, the first quarter. The next uh, funding amount will be in the spring term when they'll get another 33% and then 42% uh, in the summer term. And what the government has said is schools should treat this as one whole amount. It, and also it doesn't all have to be spent in this academic year. They can carry carry it forward to the future and they can also schools can also allocate spending uh, on things they've already done to take it from this funding stream at a time when schools budgets are really quite constrained. So can you both tell me a bit about what the schools and what those teachers should be thinking about right now? Uh, initially there was very little guidance from the government. What they have said is that schools are free to spend it on whatever best suits them so there's no parameters around it. Um, the Education Endowment Foundation has published some, some guidance on the think kind of things that, that schools must consider. Um, suggestions have included small group tuition, intervention programs, CPD for teachers, because we all know that the best thing for a child is a really good teacher. Um, TA support, so additional TA support, TA support that enhances what's already being offered and not, not, not substitutes for teaching. Um, there's also the National Tutoring Programme, which will provide subsidised tutoring, um, and this is aimed primarily at disadvantaged pupils. Um, and there are also some free re resources for reception children, particularly aimed at uh, disadvantage, which is from the Nuffield Early Language Intervention. 
Yeah, Liz, you absolutely spoke to my heart there because you picked up on the one bit from the EEF guidance documents that um, I think is is the crucial bit because I think in reality we recognise that this it's a it's a welcomed amount of money but it's not a game changing amount of money. So if I were to tease out one of the points from the EEF document, it would be the notion of investing in the most important resource that you have in your school, that being teachers. Great teaching is the most important lever schools have, and I've taken that directly from the EEF report. It's about knowing how to teach, the pedagogy, the use of instruction, the use of scaffolds, the use of modelling. It's about knowing what to teach when time is short. Those key concepts, those foundational skills, knowledge, curriculum knowledge of expectations. And then, of course, crucially, it's the subject knowledge. It's the depth within um, the programmes of study so that the teachers have really strong, flexible knowledge. And then, of course, when you have that really strong, flexible knowledge, you find opportunities across the whole curriculum to teach key aspects. Yes, Penny, I think you're right when you say that it's not a huge amount of money. Um, A one-form entry primary school will get under £17,000, which doesn't go a long way. Um, A six-form entry secondary school will get £72,000, which is significantly more, but has to be spread among a larger number of pupils. I think one of the key challenges for schools is identifying the gaps in the first place and then coming up with their strategies for uh, for plugging those gaps. And they need to, schools need to bear in mind that at some point they're going to have to report on how they've spent this money um, and uh, be able to assess the impact that it had as well. So Liz mentioned gaps in knowledge. Penny, can you tell me a bit about how we can identify those gaps? With the considerations of time and the constraints that we are all feeling in the classroom at at this time, now is probably not the time to engage in lengthy, time-consuming assessment procedures. So Penny, back on track is quite all-encompassing. Can you expand a bit more on the subjects that it covers? Yes, so this really has been a collective effort. And as I said, we were in a position back in March, April, May time where we could really give this some thought. So we were able to bring together the advisors from within the teams of assessment, early years, well-being, science, English, math, modern foreign languages, and really have this conversation on a wider scale, bringing together experts in those fields in those fields that has allowed us to really produce sets of resources which include huge amounts of CPD actually to support teachers in the areas that we know they will need it most. So if a school hasn't done this yet, if they haven't uh, had a chance to and they're reflecting on it right now, uh, it's, it's not too late is it? What can they do right now? It's definitely not too late and I would imagine that there are many schools who simply haven't had the headspace to put the time into this that they would wish to, this notion of curriculum restructuring and reorganisation. What the Back on Track resources and CPD offer schools are a reassuring structure and guidance when they need it most. We know 
Um, Because I've been speaking to leaders just uh, recently who have said, actually, the first half term in autumn was not the time for us to be doing this kind of deep thinking. We wanted to welcome the children back. We wanted to settle them in. I wanted to make sure my staff were safe. I wanted to make sure that they were well. Now we are ready to start thinking about that. Um, So any time to start thinking is a good time. So, Penny, you've really concentrated on the primary and early years schools. Um, What about secondary schools? Liz, can you tell me a bit more? There are also some packages of support for secondary schools, which we're calling Leading After Lockdown Next Steps. And these are encompassing English, maths, science and modern languages. Uh, And there's also a post-16 curriculum recovery plan. For teachers or heads listening, who might want to know more about Back on Track? What is the best way to contact you both? If any of the topics that we've covered today in our conversation um, have resonance with you, if they lead you to have any questions or to seek further information, then please do not hesitate to contact us. Um, The best way to get in touch with us would be through info at heartsforlearning.co.uk. Thank you so much. That's been inspirational. And thank you for being here, Liz. Thank you. And thank you for being here, Penny. Thank you. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. We've really enjoyed sharing the conversation with you, but we'd love to get your feedback. Get in touch with us through our social media channels. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, we are at Hearts for Learning. And on Twitter, we are at Hearts Learning. You can also email us on podcast at heartsforlearning.co.uk. We'd really like to hear your thoughts on any of the subjects discussed today or on anything you'd like to hear us cover in our future podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jessica Marvel. Keep safe and well.